0: Father, we want to thank you for Jesus this morning. Thank you for your presence in the midst of your people. We thank you that your word is an everlasting word that shall speak through the generations into our hearts, of all the things of the past, present, and the future. Continue to work work in our lifetime, that is needed in this hour. The miracles that we need, and the revelations that we need, release it from heaven this morning. Through the spirits of wisdom and revelation. And we receive it this morning in Jesus' name. Bless all the hearers, may the word fall upon good soil and may it bring forth the fruit that you desire 30, 60, 100 fold in Jesus' precious name. Amen. It is my constraint and understanding that as I take my steps, from out of this world into the realm of the spirit that I am entering uncharted waters. What do I need to navigate in a spirit realm that I am unfamiliar with? I think I need spiritual senses, which are like the GPS of today, if I have to find my direction, and if i don't understand what god wants from me and where he wants me to go and who i am what i am and where am i going so when i look to the word and the spirit of god i realize that they act as my journey map so i look to it more and more like a GPS to understand what my journey should be about the word of God is very clear that if there is a believer and first they must be born again they must be born of water and of spirit and the concept of the water and the spirit is the word and the spirit the water is a typology in the bible many times of the holy spirit but many times there's also a typology of the word of god and the word of god is spirit and life so without that word it is pointless in trying to navigate through uncharted waters in the realm of the spirit because you will not reach your destination there are many many obstacles attacks of the enemy difficulties along the way dangers Pitfalls and snares of the devil that will trip you up so that you do not reach your destination. This brings me to the question: what is our life's purpose on earth? I'm sure you've asked that question of yourself. Who am I? Why am I here? What am I doing? You know, is it about my job? Is it about my family? Is it about me being a church attendee, a member? What is it? What is it? that I am about, you know, and I've come to the conclusion that our life's purpose on earth is to discover God. Amen? If we were uncreated before we were created, we did not know God. But after we were created, we still did not know God. Though the Creator allowed us to be born in the earth, so then He reaches out and continues to reach out to those who are saved and those who are saved so that we can get to know Him. So we have to discover God in our journey. we got to get to know Him, which is understand His ways. His ways are extremely different to that your ways and my ways. There's nothing like it. So we've got to understand it. And then we've got to grow in the Spirit. And the reason we have to grow in the Spirit is to do His will. If you do not grow in the Spirit of God, you cannot do the will of God because it's the Spirit of God that knows the will of God and reveals it to our spirits. So once we receive that information, It's up to our obedience and our understanding and our faith to step out and do the will of God. Amen? Amen. So here we have a situation. We are more interested in pursuing the pleasures of this world, the careers of this world, the understanding of this world. Because it caters to our natural senses. But if you're going to navigate into the realm of the spirit, you're going to have to need, you're going to need spiritual senses. So our natural senses are fighting our spiritual senses and saying, no, don't go into uncharted waters, go into what you already know, what you have been trained in the world, your education, your family makeup, your genealogical makeup. You know, follow that pattern. So the word of God says, no, my son, he who loves the world is an enemy of God. We have been taught. We have been educated to love the world. Because people don't understand what is in the realm of the spirit. And yet God in his graciousness and his love constantly encounters us that we might come to him. Constantly, visions and dreams and people coming and telling us about Jesus and prophecies. I'm talking about both the unsaved and the saved. It's even after you have become a Christian, God is still encountering you. God is still reaching out His hand toward you and saying, draw closer because you are too far away. And many, many, many Christians are not listening. And this is the sad indictment of the church. You see, God never forces us. This is, this is a difficulty for us because, you know, we as human beings, we love the idea of rules and regulations. We love the idea of someone enforcing a law upon us. It's only then that we will listen. It's only then will we do because we have a fear of losing out on what we want in the natural But God doesn't do that in the scripture. God offers us information, God reaches out in love, He embraces us, He encounters us, and then He says, look, you have to choose, you've got to make up your mind as to whether you want to come closer to me or not. The dictates of a uh, five-fold ministry is not to enforce the word of God. The dictates of a five-fold ministry of the apostolic, the teaching, the prophetic, and so on and so forth, is to reveal God's heart and God's intentions. Amen. Nicodemus, a, a Pharisee, a Jew, a man who held things of God that were given to the Jewish nation, a priest, came to Jesus by night. Because he didn't understand what Jesus was doing. He saw miracle signs and wonders taking place before his very eyes, impossible for a man to do. And he came to Jesus by night because he said, Look, there's something I'm missing about, I'm missing out on. Because there was no spiritual growth in Nicodemus. And today's topic is about growing in the spirit. He had the oracles of God, he had the temple worship. He had the Jewish nation backing him up. He had God in all his uh, man-made form. He had God. He could touch God. In the man-made form, walking to the temple, he, he was touching God. But he had not got God. He did not understand. He had stopped growing. He had stopped understanding God. He began to have a form of worship and he was worshipping something and someone he did not even know. Very, very sad indictment on the church today. And many Christians go to church and they don't even know who they worship. They have no interpersonal relationship with Christ. It's law, or it's doctrine, or it's theology, or it's something else. But it's not Christ the person. And Christ the person is interested in having a relationship with you as a person. It's only when we understand, you know, that, that there is a realm of the spirit that we've got to grow into. There was no spiritual growth for Nicodemus. They had come to a standstill in their understanding of God. In the Bible it says that to enter into the realm of the spirit in John chapter 3 verse 3 and 5. That you must be born again. So when Nicodemus came to Jesus he said you must be born again. To see the kingdom of God. So Nicodemus in his natural senses answered Jesus and said, How can I be born again? Can I enter back into my mother's womb? And Jesus replied and said, You must be born of water and of spirit. See he changes the understanding of Nicodemus in just a verse. And us too. There are many Christians in the world today who see the kingdom of God they see it, but they cannot enter in because they're not born of the water and of the Spirit. And you know what you're going to tell me? I have taken water baptism. Oh, I am baptized in the Holy Spirit and I speak in tongues. So I am entering into the kingdom of God. I'm sorry. Someone is lied to you. He's talking about being born to the extent that you can enter in to the things of the Spirit through the Spirit and through the Word. Having a mantle, having a badge on you that says you are a Christian or a pastor or a teacher or you have these gifts and talents upon you, does not give you the right to enter into the kingdom of God or into the things of the kingdom of God. Say, oh Lord, what do you mean I have to be born again? Do I get born again every time? Or is it a one-off thing? Every time you get a revelation, you're being born again. Every time you get an understanding, you are being born again. Because you didn't have it before. In that sense, you are being born again. Every time. And then you can enter in. You know, Jesus asked Nicodemus, Are you a master of Israel? And you do not know this. He said, are you a master of Israel and you do not know this? Are you a pastor and you do not know this? Are you a teacher? Are you a layperson? And you do not know this is the answer, is the question that Jesus is putting to the church today. Don't you know? And we are praying, you know, hammering the gates of heaven, trying to get it to God and getting Him to answer us, but we don't know how to do it. And years have gone by and he has an answer and yet you're doing the same thing over and over and over and over again expecting a different result it's not going to change it's not going to change with anybody who does not enter in by water and by spirit you can see But you cannot enter in. I used to see men of God move in the realm of the spirit. And I said to the Lord, I said, how come I don't move like they do? He said, because you don't understand what they know. And because they know, they can enter into that without any problem at all. But you don't know, so you're stuck. So Nicodemus' question said, was Jesus, you you are uh, uh, doing these miracles, you must be from God. He didn't know. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6, the Lord says, Our people perish for the lack of knowledge. Very, very sad. They, They perish for the lack of knowledge. Stagnation is basically a backsliding into oblivion and the Jews had done that very effectively So that the entire nation had missed out on the coming of Jesus And they did not know though they were expecting him to come that when he did turn up they could not receive him He came to his own and his own did not receive him. They could not receive him He was a Jew he came to them See God is a spirit and those who are born of him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You must be born again of God's spirit to be called the son of God. When you front up in heaven to enter in, the angels will be there. And they will look for the seal of the sign of the Son of God. Not only look into the Book of Life, but at the seal on your forehead. Are you born again? Are you born of the water and of the Spirit? A woman died and went up to Jesus. She was a Catholic. And she had committed some, you know, sins of unforgiveness. And the Lord said to her, you're going to hell. And she said, no, how can it be? I've been a good person all my life and blah, 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 but all the good things that she had done. And the Lord said, no, you're not born again. He said, but I'm going to show you my grace and I'm going to send you back to the earth. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to get your life. And you must be born again and you must forgive and then you shall come into the knowledge of God and enter into heaven i have searched the bible and i have found 11 reasons in the bible as to why one cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven i'm sure there are more I'm, i'm still you know looking at it and wondering what else is there If 11 reasons why you can't enter into the kingdom of heaven is not good enough, then I don't know what is. See, those who are not the children of God are going to hell. That's the sad part of it. There's no question about it, there's no in between point, there's no purgatory. It's either heaven or hell you're not even going to be remaining on earth your body will die decay and become dust and this is the fear of the lord that needs to speak to us in these last days as we see the world coming closer and closer to the end of the prophesied times and the end of the destruction and we have to understand that our preparations must be to meet our maker and be sure that we are walking into heaven. And if there be any spot of blemish upon us, we need to get rid of it. Amen. And the reason people don't grow is because they don't want the Holy Spirit to enter to inspect their hearts. I can guarantee you that you might pick up one or two. Mistakes in your own life or sins in your own life. But when the Holy Spirit turns up, He's going to pick up a lot more. Because we are very clever at burying what we don't want to face, what we don't want to deal with. So spiritual understanding is needed to enter into spirituality. Come with me to the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 13 and 14. Let's begin at 12. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak not in words which with man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. It is our right to enter into the realm of the Spirit, because God has given us that right as sons and daughters of God. A person who is unsaved cannot do that, though they may desire to do that. And if they do the wrong thing, they might end up in the wrong realm of the spirit, rather than in the right realm of the spirit. And many who are Christians have sought to enter into the realm of the spirit and have gone erroneously into wrong practices and wrong ideas and wrong theology and wrong understanding and doctrines, and have ended up as shipwrecked. Apostle Paul uses that term "shipwreck" because he was many times shipwrecked, as Mark said. He knows what it means to be a person who is shipwrecked, was lost their faith and do not understand. But when we are given the understanding, that hey, listen, we are welcome in the presence of God. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. He's inviting us into the throne room of grace when we have need, when we, have, we need his grace, when we need his help, when we need his blessing. In Exodus 25, 22, God tells Moses come to a place where I am between the cherubims on the altar Of the mercy seat and I will meet you there. Why is God giving an invitation to a person who is in the human flesh to come into the realm of the spirit because he says you are welcome in the realm of the spirit but you've got to know how to go into the realm of the spirit and the reason we need to know how to go into the realm of the spirit is because we often have needs. And He's the only one who can supply that need. Amen. That's why we need to go there. Whilst we are in the flesh. So we've got to come out of the flesh and we've got to enter into the realm of the spirit. But to enter into the realm of the spirit, we must be born of water and of spirit. The problem is with Christians and many others is that they go back to their practices in the flesh they go back to their education they go back to their knowledge they go back to what they've been taught by their parents they have go back to familiarity in the world because uncharted waters in the spirit realm is scary what if i get lost in the realm of the spirit well that's why you have the gps glory Oh, is this thing that happening in the church, that person falling down and riding on the floor, is that from God? You know, I, I don't want to be in this church because those kind of manifestations are taking place. GPS, go back to the word. Is it in Christ's ministry? Of course it is in Christ's ministry. He gets up to read Isaiah and the guy starts to manifest in the temple. How many of you just going to read the text? Is this true? See, we don't want to grow. We don't want to understand. We get scared of manifestations. We get scared of uh, revelations. We get scared of understanding that comes from the realm of the spirit. And that's why they rejected Jesus. Because when he began to speak about the things of the kingdom of God, they said, how can it be so? That's why he asked Nicodemus. He said, you are a master of Israel. And you don't know these things? How much don't we know? How much don't we want to know? That even if it comes to us, we reject it. And when we reject it, we reject Jesus. you think some man of God is coming and he is delivering that message? No, God is using the vessel for the man of God to deliver the message because he knows that it is foolishness to talk that way. Because you are so foolish and I'm so foolish that we will listen to a man, we won't listen to the spirit. So he uses a man. If he came directly, we'd jump out of our skin. We'd have a heart attack and die. It is saving the world by the foolishness of preaching. So, we are welcome in the realm of the spirit. We need to start going there. We need to start accessing the realm of the spirit. You see, destiny has a twofold application it has an earthly application and it has a heavenly application. What do I mean by a destiny? I mean by the end goal of the purpose for which you have been made, created, saved, washed clean by the blood of the Lamb and given direction by the holy ghost this is the way walking in it that's destiny oh no no we don't like it. because it does not suit our purposes so let us say that there is an earthly destiny that we are given to if we begin to understand that we are given to an earthly destiny in god and for God, and for the kingdom of God, then it must translate into a spiritual destiny. So you're not getting off the bus when you die. Hello, you're listening to me this morning. I know some of you are thinking, when I close my eyes, that's it, I am goodbye, Charlie, see you around. No, 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 no. There's a whole host of heaven waiting for you. We are so glad you came. We're so glad you went through the suffering. We're so glad you suffered what you had to suffer for the sake of entering into the kingdom of heaven Because we are waiting for you and here is your garment And there is the direction now you need to go in that direction Moses And Elijah found out that they both had not only an earthly destiny, but they had a spiritual destiny so that when Jesus was transfigured on the Mount of Transfiguration, they both turned up. Now they could have, you know, you could have forgiven them for thinking that life was over when they died. No, 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 life was not over when they died. One of them didn't die a spiritual destiny and you are going to have a spiritual destiny if you make it into heaven you know what the problem is we have been our problem, our situation today that we cannot even complete our earthly destiny we are too bothered about what the world is offering that we cannot look into the realm of the spirit get our GPS working the word and the spirit joining together, conforming and saying, this is the way walking and take those steps. It's a tough home. You know, you are part of my destiny as a church, but you're not always going to be my destiny. I have something bigger waiting for me. You're only part of my earthly destiny. There's one that's coming in the spirit that I'm ready for. Any Christian who wants to go forward in their faith, must understand that they have to pursue God. They have to pursue God and seek God without slowing down. You cannot take a holiday. You cannot take a hold. And many, many Christians are. I've had enough, God. I think I'll get off the bus now. I'll see you in a couple of years. I'll see you when I'm 65. I'll see you when I'm 85. I'll see you on my deathbed. No. You're going to have to pursue God. You don't have to seek Him. Seek me and you shall find me. Furthermore, you have to do it in wisdom and in patience. And for us to to understand the realm of the Spirit, God placed Jesus as the door so that through the door, the portal that is Jesus, we can enter into the realm of the Spirit. We can meet with God, we can talk with God, we can get what God is wanting to give us and bring it back through the door onto the earth and effect our earthly ministry and earthly life. We can change the atmosphere by what we receive in heaven. You cannot change the atmosphere with education. You cannot change the atmosphere with political motivations. No, it won't get you anywhere. It may look like it's getting you somewhere, but it's getting you nowhere. It has no heavenly application. It is not even accepted in heaven. It doesn't even get past the ceiling. In the realm of the Spirit, it operates on a totally different basis and foundation that you and I have to understand that if we are going to access it, we have to go through Jesus. And there's a porter standing at the door, John 10 tells us, there's a porter standing at the door, and I asked God, who's the porter? He said, that's the Holy Spirit. So you've got the Word and the Holy Spirit giving you entrance into the realm of the Spirit so that you can walk boldly into the throne room of grace and ask for help in time of need or anything that you need. He said, whatsoever you need, ask and I will give it to you. Wow! I said, God, you mean that I can ask you for anything? He said, yes, anything. But it's in his wisdom that he will give that to you. You see, my, my life on earth, with each passing moment and year, must have attached to it less of the world. That means from the beginning of when I started my journey as a Christian to where I am now, I should have been able to measure that I have less of the world in me, and more of the Spirit in me. Are you understanding me? That is when you get out of immaturity into maturity. If you are still the same person, 25 years later after you become a Christian, and you still can't do anything that the Holy Spirit tells you in the Bible that you can do then you haven't matured you have gone back into oblivion you're not only stagnated you're going to lose your way you have lost your way so I measure myself every day every passing moment am I retorting am I more unforgiving now than I was before am I taking more offense now than I was before Am I still in my habitual sin more than I was before or do I have any of it anymore? It's a measure, ask yourself. And align yourself to the Word and see if the Word is able to check your heart and, and, and you will know for a fact that you are changing and there's something happening to you in the realm of the Spirit. And now you are in the child, in the waters of the Spirit and you're walking in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh, the Bible says. And then He names all of the flesh acts. So first, tick off those things and see if you are involved in any of them as a Christian. The reason I do that, because it's going to help me walk in the Spirit without revisiting the past. Do you know how many people we have to deal with in the Christian world, who are still living in their past? They're still talking about all the bad things that happened to them in the past. And then they bring it and they keep talking about it for the rest of their life. I don't want to keep remembering my past. I only use a little bit of it to testify that Jesus removed me from that. Just a little bit. That now I am free, that I am now walking in the Spirit. I am able to move in the Word, I am able to move in the Spirit. I advance because I understand more of the Spirit realm. And the further I get into the Spirit, the further I can diminish my flesh and my thoughts to a minimum on earth, allowing me just to get by. I used to have a photographic memory. I destroyed it by taking drugs and alcohol. But I used to remember the most ridiculously mundane stuff, where I had a good chapati and a good dinner, you know, or a, you know, who said what 25 years ago, and it's still resounding in my ear, because I have this photographic memory. Thank God that thing got of. I don't even remember some of the things that people have done. That have offended me. I don't even remember it. I don't even know anymore. If somebody reminds me about it, I said, You mean that actually took place? And they'll think I'm making it up. But I can't. I don't remember that anymore. Yeah. Because if Jesus remembers every little thing that you did from day one, He's never going to forgive you. He says, the blood. What are you talking about? Why are you reminding me about it? And what do we do? We keep reminding him about it. The truth is, I am spirit more than I am flesh and must therefore behave that way in every way possible and at all times. More spiritual. You see, the reason for that is that my blessings and warfare, listen to this, My blessings and warfare, both. Both are very important aspects of God's blessings. Blessings and warfare are based on the greater knowledge of the spirit realm and the power that flows from there. I cannot do war with my mind. I cannot do war with the evil one without the knowledge of the word and without the knowledge of the spirits. I cannot receive my blessings Without that, I would still think I'm under a curse. No, you're not anymore under a curse because you've been wiped clean by the blood of Jesus. Okay, but you've got to appropriate that. If you don't, the curse operates because it's in your mind. So the more I get into the spirit, the less understanding I have of those things. And I say, no, devil, you have nothing on me. So my blessings and warfare are based on the greater knowledge. My people perish for the lack of knowledge. He's not talking about just at a one time you had a lack of knowledge. No, he's talking about ongoing lack of knowledge. And the reason people don't have the knowledge is because they don't spend time with God. And they don't read the word. They don't pray. and They don't walk in the spirit. Once I understand this, I want to understand that power flows from heaven and it's flowing into me and through me, my decisions in life. Now here's the key to making decisions. My decisions in life are then dictated by the Spirit and I stop walking in the flesh. So the things that I used to like in the flesh, I stop it. Because now I'm walking more in the Spirit even mundane flesh decisions pertaining to this world become guided by my knowledge of the spirit and not circumstances of the world. Let me rephrase that to you again. If suppose there is an attack that comes against you in the natural, created by the circumstances of the world, I no longer react to it because now I am in the spirit. I no longer react to disasters and, uh, and, and you know, war and, and uh, lack of money and all those sort of stuff. Because now my mundane daily decisions are governed by my spiritual understanding. So what I do is I use Hebrews 4.16 and I go into the realm of the spirit, into the throne room of grace. And I say, God, can you see that attack coming my way? He said, yes, I can. I said, what do I do about it? He said, press it to me and I will save you from it. So I need money. Coming to the throne. See, I don't try to make money. I don't go looking for a job. Okay? Why should I? Why should I go looking for a job? Because that's the world's way of making money. That's not God's way. If I need a wife, why should I go looking for a wife? I can go to God and say, God, I need a wife. But we like the adventure of looking for a wife, so we go looking for a wife. And then we fall into a trap. time, not every time, but time. And God says, why don't you ask me for all your mundane things that you value so much in the flesh? He said, haven't I got it all? Haven't I got it all to give it to you? You see, the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4 was visited by Jesus. Now she had been living a very mundane life. Coming to the well every day to get water and all sorts of bad things that happened to her in her life. So many hurts, so many difficulties. And and she was coming there one day and she saw Jesus there. And Jesus and she had a conversation that ended up in her asking Jesus for the living water. Which was life. She said this to him. She said, Give me this living water that I no longer come to this well to draw from it. How many of you are still going to the world for your answers? God says, I've got it in my hand to give it to you. See, no one can just live worldly aspects of life like she did without trusting and hearing God. She did. She heard what Jesus said. You will not survive otherwise. Because it will be like a, a boat that is being tossed about in the waves of a storm. And you're thinking, one day to the next you're up, you're down, you're up, you're down, you're up and down on the same, you know, storm. And you you just don't understand that Jesus there in the midst of the storm. He's standing there. He's not affected by the storm. Right? The storm has absolutely no effect on him. He's standing there. In the midst of the storm, and Peter says to him in the storm, the boat going up and down, up and down. And P- Peter is a fisherman; he knows he's going down in the water. He knows it. He says, "Lord, bid me to come." That's what Jesus is saying: "Come, come." But we don't know how to go. Peter thought he knew. He had just enough faith to get out of that boat which was a big amount of faith. (laughs) I don't know what I would have done, but that guy got out of the boat and he actually walked a few steps on the water. You see, what's happening in the end days is that we are just getting by on our existing faith. We don't have enough faith to make it to Jesus. That's why Jesus said, when I come back, will I find faith on the earth? because the circumstances of life are eroding our faith the circumstances of life are going to press it even harder so when it presses harder where do I go? I go into the realm of the spirit I go into the throne room because my flesh may die I say let it die who cares? It's only flesh Every one of us want to go to heaven, but we don't want to die. You can not go to heaven with your flesh. You have to die. So we are in this place now, where we need to receive this living water, so that we are no longer moved by earth circumstances. Instead, we are now moving the circumstances of earth by the power of the Holy Ghost in us. How do we do that? By going into the spirit. And what does it do? It leaves me in control. So when the devil comes around and he causes some serious problem in my life and he says, Ha ha, I've got you, man. Now you're finished, you know. You thought you got away. It's, oh, shut up, man. You're talking too much. Get out. <laughs> Whereas before, oh, he's come, he's attacked me, oh, I'm oh, I've got this, I've got that. Now I stand there because I've gone further into the realm of the spirit. And I say, get away from me. In Jesus' name. Amen. And he flees. Resist the devil and he shall and he flee. Free. You accept the doctor's report. It will not flee from you. It will remain. Because you accepted the doctor's report. In Isaiah 53, he says, Who shall believe our report that Jesus died on the cross not only for salvation, but for healing, for deliverance, for blessings, for everything you need It leaves me in control. See, I cannot be shaken by life on earth because I am operating out of another realm. I have now discovered another realm. I am now operating out of that realm. I am not operating out of an earthly realm. So when God created the earth, it was not an afterthought. Okay? We didn't suddenly wake up one morning and discover that the earth, oh, looks like we created the earth. No, you didn't create the earth. God created the earth. Some silly fellow started talking about evolution and he says, you know, we just came out of a big bang. No, we came out of the heart of Right? God created it with a plan and a purpose. Why? So that he can have fellowship with us and operate in this realm of the world. So now heaven is invading earth. You know, who separated heaven and earth? The devil. There was no separation between heaven and earth. Because God used to visit Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Came and went, came and went, came and went. There was no separation. So the devil came and made the separation and separated heaven and earth. So that now there's a spiritual warfare going on. And we are not able to understand what is going on most of the time. So we need Jesus. But God had planned and made a careful decision on it, and He said, okay, I'm going to establish my house in the souls of of men, I'm going to establish it there. So we're going to grow, we're going to grow in the spirit, be ready for our translation into the realm of the spirit that is going to be permanent. You're going to be in the spirit all the time. You see, why do I want to spend time in the spirit? Because in the spirit, there is no sorrow. There is no sadness. There is no sickness. There is no death. There is no poverty. There is no offense. There is nothing like what is going on in the earth in the realm of the spirit. So if I leave the earth and go into the realm of the spirit, I'm out of the earthly realm of all this nonsense that goes on. Anybody can say anything at any time and it doesn't really bother me anymore. I just feel sorry for that person. I pray for that person. I try to help that person. So what I'm trying to do then is to establish a spiritual life form upon this earth, an environment, a bubble if you like, that I'm surrounded by the realm of the spirit, which is the heavenly realm. So wherever I go, I become the force that that particular area has to deal with. When I used to go and to cast out demons, the demons will say to me, why did you have to come? I because I said, God sent me to kick you out of this place. That's why I've come. To go into an area, you take over the area. Okay, you don't let the area take over you. Oh, they'll come, yeah, they'll come a thousand times with thousand arrows and spears and they'll throw it at you and they'll do everything under the sun to get at you, but you stand there and say, hey, listen, I own this land. Amen. And they all fall off, you know, your friends will leave you, your wife will divorce you, your, your house will burn up, you know, your car will have an accident. Something else will happen and something else will happen and something else will happen. Why? Because you make the stand. For the word and the spirit and say I shall not be moved by your circumstances that you bring for my Lord my father my God is on the throne and I am seated with him in heavenly places and we rule together where we stand and pretty soon you will see things start to turn around And then they'll say, How is it possible? Like Mark said, Paul got bitten by a snake in the island of Nauta, and they said, Oh, this guy must be a dirty rotten scoundrel, that's why he escaped the sea, now he can't escape the snake, and he just shook it off into the fire. Paul had translated himself so much into the spirit that when he was in prison. He praised and worshiped God, and an earthquake came and wiped that place out. (laughs) Why? Because he got to that place in the spirit where he said, It's no longer I that liveth. And that's what God is telling you and I come to that place. Let me live in you. Christ that liveth in me, not I who lives. Can we have that music? So we want to establish that lifestyle on earth through perseverance, patience, boldness, acts of faith that will bring the realm of the spirit into the the supernatural realm into play. See, you can change the atmosphere. But what's happening is the atmosphere is changing a lot of He said, God, give me something to drink. He says, come and drink freely. Come and drink freely. John, 37, John 7, 37 and 38. He says, come and drink freely of the river of life, and I will give it to